1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. And once again, I have, he's hes basically like a brother, cousin, straight out of cover one, Anthony from Disguise Coverage. How you doing, bro? I'm good. Your intros get me every time. I always know it's going to be like something
0: different and something that I'm always like, okay, just like don't laugh or try not to acknowledge it, just play <laughs> it cool. And then, you know, you just get every
1: time, man. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, we were exchanging uh, Joe Dirt. Gifts last night because we were just so excited. It was like super late, and I'm like messaging you gifts in my bed, and I'm just like, I'm so excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you some Joe Dirt gifts here, and uh, you just kept going back and forth. i And then I, I fell asleep gifting you. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. And also, as a side note, Joe Dirt is an underrated movie. I feel like it doesn't get enough press nowadays. Oh, Joe Dirt will always, it, it'll always have like that, it's like a, it's like a, it's a curve, you know, right now it's on a downward curve, and then out of nowhere, it's just gonna, it's gonna come back really strong, just like Napoleon Dynamite, it's an original movie that everyone's just always gonna reference, mm-hmm. some way, somehow, That's you fair. know what I mean? Life's a garden, dig it. Oh my goodness. End of episode. <laughs> home, home is what you make it, Oh right? my god, home. <laughs> home, he likes to see, he likes what? Yeah, home, home, what you make Homie, where you make it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so how do you like being back in Buffalo, man? I know you told me a uh, big transition there and, uh, you know, being part of the Buffalo community. How's it going?
0: It's going good. I moved back at the beginning of last week, beginning of Christmas week, got a nice Christmas snowstorm, so a white Christmas, and had to dust off the car and shovel and all that kind of stuff. And it's good. I, you know, born and raised and grew up in Buffalo and moved out after. I graduated college and I'd been in New York City for a long and significant period of time and to be able to come back now to Buffalo and it's it's still a bit of an adjustment. You know, I'm still because I'm 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 used to coming back with my wife every Christmas, but then it's always like, okay, like usually by now we're back in New York City. So the fact that we're still here and the fact that it's like, no, there is more no more New York City where we're permanently here. It's still kind of like a mental adjustment, but so much more comfortability and just a, a stronger
1: sense of home and comfort and all those types of things. And so, yeah, I'm pumped. She's pumped. It's a good time. <laughs> you move back right on time, man. The bills are, they're surging. Oh. Uh, we got a huge game on Sunday. Yes. There is so much. We're going to talk about the current state of the playoff picture, right? With the AFC. We're not going to get into the NFC. Um, We could, it would just take a whole nother hour here. <laughs> so uh, there, there's so many things that can go left or right. And um, mm-hmm. you know, the question is, which way is the right way for Buffalo? Everyone's saying no. Let's try to stick at the second seed, so you know we can face the you know weakest team possible, whatever have you. But you know, th- there's there's a lot we can get into. Um, f- so first off, I'm just going to say this, right? Uh, the only way for the Bills to assert themselves this year is to face the top AFC talent and compete. Uh-huh. And I believe Josh Allen is ready. Uh You know, I I definitely feel that way. I think that everyone's talking about Baltimore and I totally understand. You got to respect Baltimore. You know, really good teams. Here's a point. Really good teams always find a way to get back in the playoffs. Mm, Good point. You, You look at past years. Why do people still respect Mike Tomlin? Because even if Mike Tomlin's having a terrible year, he'll still try his best to finish, you know, eight and eight. Uh or get his team in at nine and seven, 10 and six, you know, coaches like him, teams like him over time, you start to see who they are. And Baltimore is going to be one of those teams for probably the next decade and a half Uh pending that Lamar Jackson with all of his antics running around the field and whatever have you, (laughs) uh, you know, he doesn't break his leg in half. Um, But, you know, you don't want to face them, right? You Uh don't want to face them. Uh, You don't want to face Tennessee. You want to face anybody else, but I'm looking at Buffalo and I'm saying to myself, this is the year when we pretty much shouldn't be afraid of anyone except the Kansas city chiefs. You know, we think about that Tennessee game. Let's say we end up facing Tennessee, whatever. My point is the bills are locked and loaded for crying out loud. Cole Beasley is, you know, dealing with the injury, whatever on his knee. And we're looking to get Kenny stills on the team, which is, completely changes your third option. Kenny Stills is a stud. Uh-huh. Yes, he, he was is. just on he was just on a very, you know, lopsided, you know, offensive situation in Houston where, you know, there's a lot of turmoil with the head coach. He comes in to Buffalo with Brian Dable and how this offense is clicking. It's gonna be scary. Hmm. Right. So and maybe you can kind of break down what you see with this current, you know, state of the playoff picture and I'll kind of bounce off of what you have to say. Um, and then we'll get into the Bills versus the Dolphins matchup on Sunday. Sounds good. It's, I, I think to piggyback off of your point and some of the conversation
0: that you and I have already had. It's, it's conflicting in, in a lot of ways and in a lot of manners. And like speaking for myself and what I'm looking for for the Bills, I want the two seed, just because I want to know that. I get at the very least two home games, provided the Bills make it out of the wild card round. And I know if Pittsburgh gets the three, I know how bad Pittsburgh looks, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, to your point, like you mentioned, Mike Tomlin, good football coach, they still have some talent. If they are able to get out of the first round, I would like to play them in the second round, knowing that I'm at home rather than being away. And I understand that there's no fans and I recognize how we match up and I'm not scared to play any team, but I would rather have every advantage possible that I can. Whether that means I am home, whether that means I get to play a, a an inferior opponent, I, I would rather have that. I would rather have as much of an easy road as possible to get to the Super Bowl and win a championship. That being said, the Cole Beasley injury is a perfect microcosm of what can go wrong when you have the opportunity to rest players and you do not rest players. So That being said, going into this final week, and going into playoff mode and all these potential scenarios, regardless of what happens, as much as I want the Bills to be the two-seed, I would much rather be a healthy three-seed Buffalo Bills than a banged-up and wounded two-seed Buffalo Bills. And that has been my governing thought process going forward into these playoffs. And I recognize the potential matchups that we can have. And just to, just for some for some numbers' sake, there are 32 first-round playoff scenarios for the Buffalo Bills. In six of them, they would play the Miami Dolphins. In 12 of them, they would play the Baltimore Ravens. Eight of them, they would play the Cleveland Browns. And then three for the Colts and three for the Titans. However, there are certain scenarios that are, quote-unquote, more likely than others. But to your point, I would I would rather not play Baltimore if I don't have to, not because I'm afraid of them, but at the end of the day, All it takes is one game, any given Sunday or any given Saturday. In this case, if you lose, you're done. And Baltimore, I know they've been inconsistent. I know they haven't played to their potential, but they still have some studs. They still have some quality sides of the ball and quality play in them. And if they bring their A game, they are a tough out. I don't care how good is the opponent that they're playing. If the Baltimore Ravens bring their A game, they're a tough out. And I'd rather not play them, but if we do, it is what it is but it's conflicting all around. And I understand like the varying sides and thoughts and emotions that are going
1: into it. Well, you know, so we look at the way the state is right now. Number one seed, Kansas city, Uh right? Buffalo's number two, Pittsburgh, Uh uh, you know, is number three. Now, right now we're slated to face Cleveland. Uh Uh, Pittsburgh is slated to face the Ravens. Uh And then number four, this is where it all gets so freaking messy. So murky. You got Tennessee at the number four seed versus who would it who would be the Miami Dolphins number five seed now who's uh-huh. still in the hunt is in, is the Indianapolis Colts so now this is the thing the Titans could miss the playoffs if they lose and the Colts Dolphins and Ravens all win uh-huh. I think I think the Colts is a very interesting situation because let's hypothetically say the Titans miss the playoffs uh-huh. that is huge. Yeah, that would be delightful. Not just, not (laughs) no one wants to face Derrick Henry, you know, in January. Mm -hmm. You want to face anyone else but Derrick Henry in January. What you saw last year with Derrick Henry is, quite frankly, that's NFL history right Mm -hmm. there. He carried his team into the AFC Championship and then Kansas City just turned on the heat and figured out a way to stop him. Mm -hmm. But, as far as I'm concerned, they were barreling towards, uh, you know, towards towards uh, you know getting the Super Bowl and whatever have you. And who knows if they would have won it? Uh, you know, Derrick Henry is a four quarter kind of back. Uh-huh. He's not a guy if you stop him in the first half, you're going to have success in the second half. He's going to figure out something. Uh-huh. And you know, I- I'm looking at the Colts. The Colts are starting to show their true colors that they won as much as they could win, kind of thing. You know, Miami. to a good to be true (laughs) i did it i did it yeah i went there to a good to be true guys look they get in if we sit our guys at halftime which i am anticipating that's gonna happen Hmm. you know let's jump into this bills game real quick uh, we can mm-hmm. we can come back to the to the state of the playoff picture. I, I, you know, it's very it's very murky, <laughs> but uh, everyone wants to know what's going to happen with the Bills versus the Dolphins. And you know, after watching Tua a play a lot, I've I've just watched I, I've watched so many games of him this season, and I've noticed something. Ah. He has no it factor. He Ooh. the factor the factor that he has is. He has this 50-50, you know, game about him where you think he's going to get obliterated and for some crazy reason in the universe, he still makes a play happen. I, I just, the way he runs with the football... It's like he's running around with the basketball, kind of looking like <laughs> EJ Manuel. He doesn't tuck it in.
0: Oh wow, what a comparison! Um, I was not expecting an EJ Manuel comp to appear well, on this episode.
1: Well, you look at EJ Manuel back in back in uh, back in Florida State. You saw how he would you know run around in the pocket with you know the football at his ankles, and you know yeah, he's he trying to be. He wouldn't tuck to, it.
0: He would still have it like loaf of, loaf of bread style, hanging out there.
1: Oh, he's he's trying to dribble the freaking football is What he's doing, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Tua. Yes, he's had his moments, but. This year, I'm talking about this year. Next year could be a completely different Tua. Mm -hmm. Tua, good to be true, is what we're looking at right now. Very clever. And you're looking... (laughs) I'm going to keep doing it. I love it. Keep going with it. You're looking at... I think the the game of the year for them that really showed his true colors was when he first got benched against the Broncos. Uh. And I am looking at that, and I am thinking about what is going through Brian Flores's head. And he is just, he's dying to get into the playoffs because he knows if he gets his team into the playoffs, he keeps his job for probably the next five years to the next decade, uh, hmm. because they're going to get, they're going to give him so many chances to try to get this thing turned around. Yeah. He has the Belichick DNA. So his defense is there. I don't think their defense matches up well against our offense. Now, I think Miami may very well still make the playoffs and beat us if we sit our starters. If we don't sit our starters and we decide to go full fledged, just you know, steamroll ahead, they're going to have a lot of trouble, especially because they're playing up in Buffalo. And there's a report that uh, you know Tua has little to no experience playing in the snow, so that's also something he doesn't have the pepper when I, when I watch him throw the football between the numbers, maybe it's a confidence thing. I'm not too sure. But one thing I do notice is that when he's trying to throw it between the numbers, like, like really hard, it's, it's just not there. Uh. And I don't think he makes it through those numbers. That's it's the same issue with drew lock. Drew lock has that, you know, capability of making a really nice throw. Uh, you know, like the, t- the throw to the tight end with uh, a font, uh. but that's what you're going to get out of him. As far as really driving the football, why do you think in Las Vegas last week they needed a quarterback who was willing to drive the football down the field? They had to put in Fitzpatrick to win that game because he knew, Brian Flores knew, head coach knew, that Tua could not make that convincing throw that just makes a defense sit back and you know take it. It's, they were just attacking him the whole game. So, you know, two a two Tua, T- <laughs> I'm not Tua gonna- good to be true. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? What do you got for this game? <laughs> the two good. the two
0: good to be true is still that's so very clever. That's very, very good. The two puns are fantastic. Um, it's that the whole Tua Fitzpatrick dynamic for this team is so interesting to me because they were looking good with Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was the starter and there was no Tua being mixed in and then they make the Tua announcement and you think okay like maybe they see something we don't but you would think a move like that would indicate you know we're trying to get Tua ready for the future and we want to get him some experience this year and you know for the future for the future for the future and if you can also win now awesome. That's fantastic. And maybe they thought that their defense or their supporting cast was good enough to carry Tua. Should he not play great? Or maybe they thought he was going to be better than he was. But I find it very interesting now that they've pulled him multiple times. And for a quarterback that was a high draft pick, that was a high profile prospect coming into a rebuilding team, the fact that he's been pulled multiple times is just so intriguing to me with you you're pulling him for Fitzpatrick because again to your point Tua is not doing the things that Fitzpatrick can do and to pull him for Fitz would indicate a win now type of scenario that they think not only can they get to the playoffs but they can make some noise potentially maybe be a final four team in the AFC or maybe they think their defense is good enough to spark some sort of run all you need is one unit or one person to carry you really we saw I know the Titans' defense played good last year in the playoffs, but to your point earlier, we saw Derrick Henry literally and figuratively put the team on his back and take them to the AFC Championship and almost had them in the Super Bowl. So maybe the Dolphins think, okay, we have a great defense or we've got these pieces and we can do this and we can do that and make some noise. But the pulling of Tua of four Fitz just indicates a win-now type of mentality. And if you feel like your quarterback, your young quarterback, high-profile, high-draft pick quarterback – isn't good enough to win you the game now. That's just so intriguing. If you feel G- Greg Thompson from Cover One made a couple uh, jokes regarding Fitzpatrick and referring to it, referring to him as the closer for the football games like that. This is not baseball. Your starting pitcher is your closer. You don't have a starting pitcher or a starting quarterback, and then your closer comes out from the bench from the sideline to close out your football game. It has to be the same guy. And for Flores to not have that faith in Tua, or at least recognize the fact that he's got times where he is not getting the job done and they need to pull him for Fitzpatrick. This team is very interesting. And coming into this game against the Bills, a game where there are scenarios where Miami can lose and still get in, but a game that for really all intents and purposes, Miami sees it as, okay, winning we're in, and they're going to go for blood and go for everything that they need to in this game to get into the playoffs. Going against a Bills team that doesn't really have much to play for other than the two seed. And Not playing
1: Baltimore. <laughs>
0: exactly. But you see, here's, here's even the thing with that, because that's in the back of my mind as well, but there are still scenarios in which the Bills win this game against Miami where they can still end up playing Baltimore. This isn't a right, scenario right. where if, if the Bills win, we don't have to worry about Baltimore. No, there's so many possibilities. Again, there's 32. There's a multitude of scenarios that exist and so that thought, okay, do we rest the starters completely? Do we pull them after the first quarter? Do we pull them at halftime? There's also the thought of, I recognize how Miami's been playing and how two has been playing, but I mean, it's not like we can come out and play 22 complete, holistic backups and not have to play any starters. We're going to have to play some starters to some right. semblance of a degree. I think we can kind of hang with Miami a little bit with our backups and a mix of starters. I would rather play as many backups as we can. I've really come around on this. And I think coming into this week, just with how cagey McDermott has been in terms of who's going to play and who's not, and he's been kind of, saying, you know, we're going to take the week as it comes and using last year, week 17 as a blueprint. I know last year going into week 17, everything was done and dusted. The Bills couldn't move up. The Bills couldn't move down. Didn't matter. So they went into week 17 against the Jets, played the starters for like a series, then pulled pretty much everyone minus a couple starters here and there. I think we see something similar to that degree this week. I don't think there's a scenario that exists in which the Bills play their starters for all four quarters. At this point, it's just trying to determine, okay, is it going to be one series and done, a quarter and done, halftime and done, or none at all. Are we coming into this game and Matt Barkley is taking the first snap or Davis Webb or whatever quarterback, what have you. Right. But I don't think this is a game where, I don't think this is a game where the Bills, meaning Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and the leadership staff, I don't think they see this game as a must win. And therefore I think they value the rest and the health of the team more than the individual win in this game.
1: Well, I wonder about something that's kind of an underlying topic with this whole game is if Miami loses, how much is Miami as an organization going to regret Oof. taking Tua before Justin Herbert in the future? That's a very good question, especially with how, how
0: Herbert has been killing it. And to add, your your point right there is fantastic. And to add it on to what I was saying earlier, again, the, the intriguing nature of this Dolphins team, if Somehow in this game, and I don't care if the backups only play for a series, if any Bills backups play in this game, play a significant amount of snaps, and the Miami Dolphins don't win, that is a horrible storyline for Tua. Absolutely well, well, horrible.
1: He was number five and Herbert was number six. Correct. You, you can't make this up. Correct. So next year, next year, you're putting all this capital into your number five pick. Now what? Now what do you do? because you screwed up you didn't you didn't get the right guy and he was a pick after and now i really believe that the la chargers next year they're going to be a force to be reckoned with those mm-hmm. guys have amazing talent uh they have a lot of upside and justin herbert i mean the kid is electrifying to watch yes he's he went through a lot of growing pains this year but man did they get that right I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care what, what my record is if I'm the L.A. Chargers. We found someone that mm-hmm. can take us into the next, you know, 10 years. And we can build around him. And, you know, that's a big deal. I look at the Miami situation. Miami's all over the place as far as the quarterback position's, uh, you know, concerned. Yep. Because you really don't know what is going to give you within the next couple of years. With Josh Allen, we literally knew this. He needs to throttle down the ball. A little bit to be Uh more accurate, Uh and on top of that, he just needed more talent around him. They did two. They did both of those things, and he also put in the work. (laughs) You can't make this up about Josh Allen in comparison to their situation. Like Josh Allen's just a freak of nature. Tua (laughs) is, you know, Tua is the complete opposite. Where he's just he fits a. He's like a Marcus Mariota, where. He's going to give you some wins. He's going to give you some flashes of what he can do. But I think when the going gets tough, you saw what happens. They just begin to crumble underneath pressure. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking at this game and I'm saying to myself, I'm on the side of resting the starters. Look, Uh I really want to go 13-3 and for the first time since the 90s. It but looks so it, good. It looks so good. But is it worth it? No, it's not worth it because let, let Cole Beasley, let him be the precursor mm. of what could be. Learn from it. You, you, it's like, we can't make up last year. Like, we go into that last game, start sitting the starters. Levi Wallace, just, <sighs> I thought he tore his ACL. He's just out for the Houston game. And thankfully they didn't have Will Fuller in that game or else it would have been, you know, a gashing loss, but we still lost. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the, what Cole Beasley has done, you know, for the offense and how valuable he is. And I'm saying to myself, well, what else do you need to see before you just realize to just sit everyone who's important for the playoffs? Mm. We've beaten teams that people said we weren't supposed to beat throughout the year. We we've been on a winning streak, and who cares if we lose going into the playoffs at the expense of? <laughs> look, it's different if you lose because Josh Allen's in, but if you lose because Josh Allen's out, because Stephon Diggs is out, Devin Singletary's out, Dawson Knox is out, John Brown is out. I, I, I can just keep going on and on and on. <laughs> It's a completely different football team. Let the guys who need to just step up when when given the opportunity in the playoffs to start. Let them start. Davis Webb? I mean, Matt Perino can attest to it. He said, this guy, whenever we were watching him, he's just one of those people that you just feel like he'd be a really, really good backup for what the Bills do. And, you know, maybe we just start Matt Barkley, I don't know, and then do Davis Webb in the second half. But... I'm looking at the situation where is it worth it to win this game? And, you know, with how murky the playoffs look right now, mm-hmm. what if we go all in on this game and still face the most difficult opponent possible with the two seed? Well, then it was all for nothing, yep. right? And
0: that's exactly and, what it is. With all, with the four through eight seeds all being 10 and five, there, like, You could lose or you could win, but there's so much dependency on the resulting games being played with Miami and Baltimore and Cleveland and Indy and Tennessee and everybody tying in with one another that you don't know. You could win
1: or you lose, but you still need to watch the scoreboard to figure out what's going to happen. There's no guarantee. So, real quick, I want to give you my predictions for this weekend's turnout, just for a oh couple boy. of games here. And then, help me break down for the audience who can still have a chance even if they lose, right? Or if they win. So I got Baltimore facing off with the 2017 Buffalo Bill playoff hero, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <with> <laughs> nice lead in. Without Andy Dalton. I got the Ravens winning 40-14. to Oh, and the score prediction too. Oh man, yeah. that's, a, that's just a bad loss.
0: 40 to 14. Oh Yikes. yeah, they no, no. The,
1: Raven, the Ravens are going to be a force to be reckoned with and I don't think they're going to let this game slip. Okay. Secondly, I got the Browns versus Pittsburgh. Browns win 20 to 14. Okay. I got the Colts versus the Jaguars. Colts win 30 to 10. But I don't see them clinching. For some reason, I, I, I looked at the whole situation. We'll get into it. I don't see them clinching. And then here you got Tennessee versus Houston. And I see the Texans winning. 27 to 20. Oh wow. Yeah, I got the Texans winning 27 and 20. Now, this is an interesting thing. See, Indianapolis needs help to even secure a wild card berth. It needs a win and a loss or tie from either Miami, Baltimore or Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Or the Colts would get in with a tie and a loss from any of those three teams. This is crazy. So this is there's so many so <laughs> possibilities. Let's, let's try our best to give the audience the most. Give me your list of who you see in the playoffs next week.
0: Well, going through the games that we got, I'm I think there's certain guarantees coming into this into this week. I to your point, I think Baltimore beat Cincinnati. I think The Colts beat the Jags. I think Cleveland beats Pittsburgh. I don't think that one's as easy as everyone's thinking. I know Ben is sitting, and Cleveland, again, has some COVID concerns, so they'll be without Denzel Ward. And Denzel Ward will also miss wildcard weekend for the Browns should they get into the playoffs. But that one is interesting, and it's funny that you picked Houston because the Tennessee-Houston game is so interesting to me. All week I kept thinking – okay, well, Tennessee is going to win. Tennessee is going to win. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of what J.J. Watt said in his post-game presser about how, you know, they're letting the fans down and how they should be embarrassed and how people aren't showing up and playing right or if it's because it's the last game of the year and it's an in-division game and Houston doesn't like Tennessee and vice versa. I think this game could be harder for Tennessee than we think. But I still think the Titans pull it out. And I. the biggest determinant for me in seeing who comes out of the AFC is the Buffalo-Miami game because Miami can get in if they win or if Baltimore loses or if Cleveland loses or if Indianapolis loses. So if Miami loses and everyone else wins, they're out. Goodbye. And so that for me is the biggest and most important domino. What happens in that Bills versus Dolphins game will really determine who's in and who's out. So for me, Indianapolis is currently sitting on the outside right now and they need the most quote-unquote help in order to get into the playoffs. But I see Tennessee winning. I see Baltimore winning. I see Cleveland winning. I see Indianapolis winning. So that if Miami wins... Indy is not in good shape, but if Miami loses, they're out. The biggest determinant for me is going to be that Miami-Bills game, and I don't know how to pick it.
1: Look at this. I'm going to give you my picks. Oh, boy. Right? The Titans, first off, the Titans would miss the playoffs if they lose and the Colts, Dolphins, Ravens all win. Yes. I am
0: predicting... I'm literally staring at a playoff scenario <laughs> chart. So I'm marking your notes and then like resulting the scenario.
1: This this these, these are these are my these are my picks. Okay. I got Kansas City, Buffalo, okay, Pittsburgh. Okay. Browns. Okay. Colts. Okay. Dolphins. Ravens. Okay.
0: So the but you have the so so the Bills are winning
1: then against Miami. No, 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 the Dolphins are going to get in because they're going to beat they're going to beat the Bills. Because okay. I think we're going to sit our starters. Look, I know we can destroy the Dolphins. I just right. I don't foresee Sean McDermott really putting it all on the line for this game. So, again, let me just repeat it. Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Browns, Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, Tennessee is going to lose and they're going to miss the playoffs. That is my <sighs> prediction. Ooh. I do not think I really do not think that the Pride that the Texans have is completely depleted. I don't, I don't. You look at J.J. Watt and you look at uh, you know Deshaun Watson and these are two studs on both sides of the football. They're going to look their guys in the eyes and they're going to tell them, it is a privilege to do what we do. Uh. And we're playing at home with our fans still watching, still coming to our game. And we're four and 11 Facing uh-huh. a 10-5 and 5 team. We take that momentum into the offseason knowing we beat the Titans and we prevented them from going into the playoffs. It, th- look, this is my, just my prediction because th- of way, who I have winning, whatever have you. So uh-huh. that is what I have. That is my prediction. And I think that it is going to lead to an absolute slugfest in the AFC playoffs. Uh-huh. Absolute slugfest. When you oh don't boy. have a team, when you, when you find out you don't have the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, you don't have any chance that you have to face them, it's a big deal. That mm-hmm. motivates your team to know that, well, that was pretty much one of the only teams we're really afraid of. Aside, you know, you, you got to get to Kansas City, you got to get to Kansas City. It is what it is. But that does open up the playing field for every team. So mm-hmm. that's where I have it. And here's another thing. I want to go back to the bills here. Could you imagine how much more explosive the Buffalo bills will be if we truly do sign Kenny Stills on a playoff run with Cole Beasley? I want to get into that a little bit more. I, more. I, I know that I know that a lot of people have mixed feelings about him and about what happened in Houston. If, if he, let's just say mid midway through the season that just, you know, Kenny stills got traded to the bills. Would you be excited? Yes, exactly. That's the point because they don't really have anything to play for this year. Right. So they're looking to just kind of flip flop and do, do different things. I mean, they got rid of the coach. <laughs> they go, they're going through a lot of change uh, and, and, and their star players are suffering over there. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like Kenny stills looked at his situation. And he's just like, well, I'll just wait till the end of the season and just sign with a team who's a contender. Yeah. That's why to sign with the bills,
0: which is such a cool thing to think that we are the team now that players who are trying to potentially get a championship are like, Oh, I want to go to a contender. I want to go to the bills. What an awesome thing to be able to say.
1: That's how it was in the nineties. You know, look at Bryce pop, you look at all these other guys that just signed and it was just like, that was a normal thing back then. And then, you know, the bills go all the way down to the gutter of the NFL, and then no one wants to play at Buffalo unless they're paying me hundred million dollars, Mario Williams. I mean, oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say that. Then <laughs> you got overpay for Mario Williams. Good <laughs> old good old buddy Nicks. Oh man. Oh, buddy, he was not. You know, you know, buddy. I met him I met him one time. Oh, really? I met him, I met Ryan Fitzpatrick. This was after a game uh, back when it was it was that regime. I went to, went to Miami to watch that game. I met all those guys. I met Mario Williams. He was super tall with a high pitched voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I just, I remember the words buddy Nix told me. And, uh, I asked him, I, cause I asked him, I was like, Hey, so hope you guys can get this turnaround. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the future. I told him, you know, I know what else to tell him. And he goes, just stick with us. Just stick with us. <laughs>
0: hit a southern, hit a southern drawl.
1: Oh man, dude, he told me that, and uh, that was a rough year, you know. Obviously, and then yeah, they've
0: all been rough years, except <sighs> for now, which is good. So I want, I want to confirm. So for you, right? Yeah. The bill, So the bills would lose this
1: week. I, I am assuming that Correct. Sean McDermott does not want to lay it all, on, lay it all on the line for this game. Fair. He's going to let the playoffs play out how they will with everyone who gets in. He's going to protect okay. his key players. We're going to have our seconds and thirds, and we're going to lose. Okay.
0: And so then, so the Bills would lose. The Steelers also will lose because Cleveland will win. Right.
1: The they're, Tennessee they Titans. Sitting,
0: they're sitting their starters, is Correct. I mean, so. They are. So the Bills lose. The Steelers lose. The Titans lose to the Texans. And then the Colts win and the Ravens win, correct? That's correct. Colts win the division. Cool. So that would yield us the Cleveland Browns in the first round of the playoffs.
1: Boom, baby. Let's see what you got, Baker. Oof. I would good. take that. I would take that. I
0: Cleveland's offensive line is very, very, very good. Shout out to Wyatt Teller <laughs> and and Chubb and Hunt. I, I don't blame Bean for the Teller pick. Teller developed a lot on his own and has had help in Cleveland. So more props to him. Also, that pick worked out in our favor.
1: Well, you how do you misuse Kareem Hunt? Let, let me just put this out there. He was so much more explosive in Kansas City. How do you get it wrong? They what? use him to a decent degree, but I mean it's also. They mean, power just, run. Why are you power exactly. running with you got Kareem Hunt and you're power running him to the left side of the field? What are you doing? They use him in that swing that man in around that Man, I'd make that man turn into the next Tyreek Hill if he was on my team. I'd throw him all over the place. Yeah, that's they used true. him differently in KC. But, but he's still he's
0: still effective enough along with Chubb and along with that offensive line. That would be an interesting matchup because I, I, the only thing that worries me really about the Bills is the run defense at the end of the day. And knowing that's what the Browns want to do and knowing how good Chubb is, how good that line is how good Kareem Hunt is and how effective he is coming out of the backfield. I recognize their receiving weaponry is not ideal. And I know Baker is extremely mercurial and turnover prone, but that would be a very, very interesting matchup.
1: Well, it would be, it would be, it would be an interesting matchup because they match up pretty well against us. We match up pretty well against them. But my Mm -hmm. thing is just, I'm looking at their, I, I just, and I don't know how you get this wrong. Landry, Beckham, Hunt. Know, and you right? can't beat your division. Look, look there's no excuses. If well, I'm, I they 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 got a bunch of
0: parts, they they got a bunch of ingredients that are good on their own, but they can't make a meal. You know, vanilla ice cream is delicious and so is filet mignon, but I'm not about to put some delicious vanilla ice cream on the filet. Actually, I might that might taste pretty good. But they're not that's not a good meal. And that's well, what they got. They got a bunch of separate ingredients that are good on their own, but mixed together, they don't gel.
1: I guess, I guess the Bills are the chunky monkey of the NFL then, because you yeah, look you at – You
0: were on point today. You were on just sort – of
1: uh, right You're bringing it out of me. <laughs> look, the Bills have John Brown, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. and they figure it out. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can't make that up. Right. So I look, I look at, imagine if the Bills, I'm just saying, if the Bills had OBJ, let's say instead of Stefan Diggs, I still think the Bills figure it out. I think it's a coordinator issue. I think it's a culture issue. And I think that Cleveland, because of the way they built their team, they're 50 50. They're going to either fall flat on their face and have to move on from Baker in the future, or they're going to figure it out. And let me mm-hmm. tell you something I, I don't wish someone tearing their ACL. At all on any player because that is traumatic and that is horrible on someone's personal life. The name, you name it, right? Like I don't, I don't ever wish an injury like that on someone. But look, <laughs> OBJ getting hurt was the best thing that happened to the Cleveland Browns because now they can be more of a complete offense, mm. right? But this is a scenario that now you're seeing where I'm coming from. This is why it's such an electrifying conversation. But we have to stop here, Ant, because if we keep going, we'll we'll start talking about the Super Bowl. We'll start talking about Kansas City. We'll start talking about the NFC. I, don't, I want to get into that, but we're going to have to do that next week. So, Ant, thank you so much for joining me on the Buff Up. Give the audience a little bit of insight where to find all your content. So I am Anthony,
0: host of Disguise Coverage on the Cover One Sports Network. You can find Disguise Coverage on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts and or watch video streams. You can find disguise coverage. You can find me on Twitter at pro underscore underscore ant. That's pro two underscores. A N T disguise coverages on every single week, live Thursday nights at 9 PM, sometimes on Fridays, depending on the holiday, but that's me.
1: All right, cool. Well, I'm going to go watch Joe dirt. Uh, (laughs) life's a garden. (laughs) Life is a garden. (laughs) Dig it. Dig it, baby. (laughs) oh god all right ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining me on the buff hubby buffalo rumblings podcast enjoy the rest of your weekend and let's go bills let's go have a strong playoff run